Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another Beyond the Chair podcast episode where I go live 930 Central Standard Time to discuss any and everything barbering. So today, if you guys are not familiar, I'm actually going live with Jason Barber, an educator. He's going to be today's guest. And we're going to talk about a bunch of other fun stuff. But before we get into the the guest, I'd like to let you guys know I've got some very good stuff up and coming. Just to let you guys know, I always tell you guys, hey, if you guys want to see someone on the podcast, let me know. Or, you know, reach out to them. Tag them on the post on social media. Tag both of us to get the conversation going where they actually see that, man, wow, they want to see me on this podcast? Dope. And of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, leave me a five-star review, you know, and, and share it. More importantly, share it because I want to build a community here where barbers can come here and we can just talk about it. You know, it's positive stuff. Good pop barber conversation. Hopefully you guys can actually learn something throughout the journey of the podcast. And of course, if you're not listening to this on YouTube, you could watch it live on YouTube when I do it every Wednesday or you can just listen to listen to it in the the uh, audio version the day after. But it's been a fun week of barbering. Um, like I said, last week was a little slow, mainly due to uh, after Easter. Uh, I guess everyone got their haircuts after Easter. So it's one of those things where wasn't all that busy in the barbershop. Uh, this week has been kind of slow as well. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie, but I've got, but besides that, I, I've got some fun guests for the podcast coming up just to let you guys know today's guest. He's actually out, out of Garland, not out of Garland. Maybe I think Rowlett or Rockwall, basically Dallas. So one of the upcoming guests that I have, and I might just do a Dallas tour where I get a bunch of barbers on here that are in the Dallas area. So game changer i'm not sure if you i mean for those of you that are listening to this on on youtube game changer he will be on the podcast i i still need to confirm him but he hit me up uh, i think maybe a couple days ago he was like yo you know let's do it you know when and i basically told him may 15th or mid-april or not mid-april but mid-may so we're gonna find out what happens with him i, I just got to get him booked but another guest that I'm excited to have on is Vic the Barber. I know he's not here in Dallas, but I've been, I man, I, I can't wait to get Vic on. One of my favorite barbers out there that I, I just love his work. But those are some things that you guys have to look forward to uh, moving forward. So I'm, I'm sure you guys are wondering, like, man, you see some of the guests that I have on and you say to yourself, how's he going to top this one? How's he gonna top this one? <laughs> it's tricky. I'm, I'm not gonna lie because I've got to come up with like a lot of different guests. So I, I got, I got to make this thing interesting. But trust me, I can make it happen, guys. Like, you know, like just think about it. I can make this thing happen. So like I always tell you guys, I'll do my job. You know, but of course. You all, you guys also help by sharing the podcast and getting it out there and stuff like that, because the more people see it, the more interest people have in actually coming on. And it's also good because you get to see a different side of people that you haven't seen before. 
But let's get into our guest. It's raining like cats and dogs here. I'm not I'm not sure how many people that are listening are living in Dallas, but man, it, it is just raining right now. But let's get into the guest. So Jason Barber, an educator, he's a licensed educator licensed barber of course barber shop owner he's been barbering he's another one of those barbers who have been in the industry since the 90s have a lot of good knowledge to pass on very nice guy he he's always educating himself on something and in this industry you know you always say you can never stop learning and he's one of those guys you know he he's always he, willing to put himself in a position to do better and that's what i like to see and especially for him to be in the industry for so long but he's still out there learning and i'm just really excited to have him on talk to him let's see if we can get jason in here on the conversation jason what's up man what's up you're live yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't catch you off guard, did I? Yeah, uh, that's a little delayed because I was watching it on my computer. Ah. Yeah, you'll probably have to turn it off so you don't screw, okay. your, screw yourself up. But All right, let me. You're good? I can mute it. Yeah. Let, me, let me mute it real quick. What's up, man? What's up? You're locked. Yeah, see that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I heard the feedback there, but. But yeah, so what's going on, man? What, what are you doing? Ain't nothing, man. I came up here in my media room so so I can get a, be quiet, you know, with nobody else in the house and stuff. Ah, you got to what you got going. Yeah, you, you got a media room, huh? Yeah, man, upstairs. I'm very seldom get to uh, come in here. You can see me. I'm sitting in there. I'm on that picture that you got up. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So that, that picture is of you in your media room. Yeah. Okay, so I, I've immediately I've I've got to call you out immediately. <laughs> okay, so you say you're in the media room. Now I didn't mention this in the introduction, but Jason also has a YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Now you don't you're not consistent with the uploads, but you have a media room. How does that work? Well, it's not that kind of media. It just got a. a you know, some movie chairs, you know, oh, and, uh, okay, okay. This and the TV. Okay, this type, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about, down, you know. Ah, okay, I got you. I thought you were talking about, like, yeah. making content and stuff. Nah, like you know, that. when you buy a house, some of them already got, like, a, a room that's designed for that. Right, right, right. So, another thing with your YouTube channel is funny because I was on there and I saw you uploaded a video, what was it, like a day or two ago? <laughs> but before that, you haven't uploaded. I think it was like six months. Man, you know my problem is. What's, what's uh, I don't my my te- my technical skills, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny. My, you, it's funny you say that because I remember hearing you say in the chat of uh, one of the podcasts. I can't remember which podcast it was, but uh, you were saying something about you know the editing. And then you were, you mentioned, uh, what was it? Uh, you were complaining that like every video has to be 4K now and blah blah blah. 
Like, like, what do you, what do you mean? Ah, we got disconnected. I had a feeling something like that was going to happen. Uh, let's see if we can get Jason back on here. Let me see if I can get Jason back on. If I can get him back on, I know, like I said, guys, it's raining like cats and dogs out here. Um, it went kind of silent. So I had a feeling something, I had a feeling like a call was going to drop or something like that. But like I said, that's just what's going on here, man. Like I say, if you if you live here in the Dallas area, you know exactly what I'm talking about with uh with all this rain. Yeah, th this is crazy. I hope I don't I'm going to be honest. I hope I don't get disconnected because during this live stream, I have uh I have DirecTV and if it kicks me off, I'm screwed, you know, so you guys won't even be hearing this podcast. I just hope that it doesn't kick me off. But we'll see if we can get Jason back on here in a second. And we'll get back to talking to him. But let's talk about some stuff uh, in barbering. So we're going to get into a little. We're going to get into some questions here a little bit later. I'm going to actually turn that off. Let me see if I can get Jason back on the line. Bear with me one second. There we go. Jason, you back? Hey, with what's us? up, man? All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Uh, like hey, man, I, I, you were doing a lot of talking. I can see your lips moving on the screen. <laughs> I can hear nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm not sure. Is it raining where you are right now? Because we're both yeah. in Dallas area. So I'm yeah, not it's, it's raining over here. Okay. Is it bad? Yes, out there. I can hear everything out there. Yeah, that's that's what I was sort of fearful of is that either one of us will get disconnected or my uh my Wi Fi will get like bumped off somehow. But you were saying something about my uh you about to say something about my uh my channel. Yeah, yeah. So you you say that I know you because I was asking you why haven't you uploaded in so long, but you say the technical skills. So what do you mean by yeah. the technical i don't want to just put a straight video on there like i did the other day i want i want i got a, I, can, I can do a lot of content just that uh the editing part you know uh, uh, i don't know how to go on there and do the editing and stuff so the videos that, that you do see edited is because one of my daughters helped me ah uh, you know dang jason. they don't really been trying to fool with me like that no more dang jason how old are you oh man i i my birthday in August, man. I think I, you know, I'll be 21. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. 21 nah, times man, I'll, I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be 45 in August. Okay. Man, you know, you can teach an old dog some new tricks. It's yeah, not, you know. It's not, too time learn, it's not too late to learn how to edit. Yeah, I need to learn, man. It's simple, man. Like, yeah. what do you use right it's now? Just one of them when they be showing me. It's just one of them things that don't stick with me, you know. Some stuff stick with people, certain people, and some stuff, you know. Yeah. Different for other people to hold on to. What uh, what software are you using right now? I I don't have any right now. I haven't purchased any. 
uh, I don't know whatever my daughter name had on their computer. One of my uh, I uh, I uh, pad, no, not iPad. Was it Apple? No. Uh, see, I see that? I get it. I'm gone. Yeah. A MacBook, every is. MacBook. Oh, okay. So she's probably using iMovie. It's real simple yeah. software. Yeah. yeah, you should try and learn it, man. Uh, that's actually what I started out on this channel with. Uh, I started using iMovie, and then yeah, I got a little HP Microsoft computer right here. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I probably have to buy some some type of software. Yeah. So so you uh. You have one shop or is it two? Because I know you said you had two, but you have one right now, right? Yeah, I used to have. Uh, I started out with one in Garland, and we were there. Uh, I think I was there eleven years before I opened the second shop in Rowlett, and then we ran we ran in Rowlett shop for about three years. Uh, as same, and so we had two shops for about three years, and then. I closed the Garland one and moved them to Rowlett. So we had two in Rowlett for two months. And then I decided to close the other one in Rowlett and move them in there with the Garland guys. So we all in the one shop again. So what made you decide to close both of those locations down? Well, uh, the first location, you know, you ever read the book, uh, Who Moved by Cheese? No. Who move my Who move my cheese? It's, it's one of them short one day reads. Yeah, yeah, check it out one day. But I just thought about that book. You know, I just see things changing around us uh, because when I first moved into that location in 2004, when I, I was driving down, I had been driving around looking for a spot. I'd been working at my uncle's shop, and I, and I, I, I said, you know, it's time for me. I'm ready to open my shop. So I was driving around looking. I was supposed to be a, a partner, you know, originally, and so. We said, keep our eyes out. We talked about a good idea, kind of what we're looking for, price range, size, everything. Right. So I had never went to work this way. I was actually on my way to the barbershop. And I, I said, let me go down here, a little further down uh, Centerville, and I'm pretty sure I can catch Miller or somewhere down there, and then I go on to work. And But I had never went that direction before, that far, that far down. So I was just driving, 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 and I, I hit, I seen Miller. I said, okay, well, let me let me take a left right here on the Miller, and I that take me on to work. And as soon as I went on that left, I looked over to my left. I seen a little shopping strip I never seen before, and I seen a sign out for rent. So I made so I turned up in there, checked it out, you know, made a phone call, and uh, the guy that owned it answered the phone, and I had looked in the window and everything, and it's just like everything fit. You know, the size, it wasn't that far from where I'm already working at. Uh, the rent was um, yeah, was was low. I'm like, yeah, man, I might need to go and jump on this. So anyway, it went, it went from there. And But what made me, what made me get that that particular one, not only was the rent low, not only was it close to where I'm already working, the, uh, right across the street, they were building homes. They were framing them up. Uh... And then... Uh, on the opposite two corners, they had for sale signs on them. Uh, on, on, on both, on, on, on you know, just land. Right. On the opposite two corners. This is at an intersection, Centerville and Miller. I'm like, man, this area gonna be growing. They build a house over here. They got some sale signs over there. So I'm telling them what kind of business they might throw over there. And uh, I said, man, I better check on this now. The rent's cheap. 
boom. So that's when I moved. I moved. That's why I moved there. But eleven years later, you know, those signs are still in those two properties over there. <laughs> <laughs> of course they finished the houses of course um, businesses kind of tapered off because when I moved there there was only my, maybe five main shops that do what we do in the area now there's probably five at each intersection <laughs> you know wow. in Garland area so we started tapering off as far as you know, traffic and customers. So the corner was kind of remote. And this is 11, this is 11 years later and we're competing. You know, I, I, as a shop owner, I have my external customers and my internal customers. You know, the, the, the barbers are my internal customers and the, and the clients are coming in for her customers, my external customers. So I'm competing for both external and, and internal customers against all these new shops in Garland that are on, that are on more popular intersections more busier intersection. So this is what I what I was dealing with, you know, as time went on. And it and it wasn't getting better, it was getting worse. You know, then of course you know you deal with the landlord issues and all of that and uh, fixing things, things were breaking down around you and all of that. And matter of fact as we speak, I just I was just uh informed the other day that the landlord at that property died uh a couple months ago. Wow. And his kids, his kids went over there and raised, raised the rent on everybody. <laughs> the nail lady that was next door to us, all, all that time, the nail lady that was next door to us, she had to close her business and go. Uh, she, matter of fact, she's down the street in Rowlett now at a nail shop down there. I don't know if she ran the booth or what, but she's in there doing nails. Wow, that's crazy. So, you know, and so the reason why I closed the other one, and actually it's down the street from my house, uh, the one I was in for three years over in Rowlett is because uh, now when I moved the guys out of the one in Garland and I moved them to Rowlett, I was just trying to give them a better, uh, put them in a better position, you know. Yeah. And and which which it, which it was a better position. And I had no intentions on closing this one over here. I was going to keep both of them open because we were doing well. Both were doing well. And it seemed like just when all this happened, this was the same time that my uh, the property management over here, that's the one over here, sent me a, a notice, let me know that my new lease, time for my new lease to sign my new lease coming up because my previous lease was a three-year lease and that the new lease was coming out and it was going to be $200 more. But you know, mind you, I had already been struggling over here with, with uh, finding good barbers. So basically, be back to my internal customers. Right. External customers, the, the the people coming in for haircuts, no problem. We were swarmed over here. Nobody believed me. I was telling everybody, hey, man, I need barbers out here. Right, hey, where they at? On that side, well, you got customers out there. You know, then nobody believed me. And I watched people get out of school or move shops, and they would go to an inferior shop. I watched them make less money than they would make if they came over there with me, you know. Nobody, nobody believed it. So I dealt with, you know, whatever little help I could get in there, but it just didn't make sense anymore. For we, it was three bars, it was three of us in there, and we just couldn't do all the customers, and they're going up on rent. You see, now I was, then my guys were on booth rent, 
So it don't matter if if, if, I, if we had more customers coming in, it wouldn't help. It wasn't helping me pay the extra two hundred dollars. Right. You see what I'm saying? And and that's the thing. That's one of the things that these guys don't understand out here. You know, that's that's a popular topic I see on on Facebook and stuff about um, commission versus booth rent and all that. You see these comments, and you know, and it just you know that you know the ignorance out there about business. You know, a lot of we have a lot of barber shop owners, and I, and I was one of them. You know, yeah, that not first opened my shop that know that don't know anything about business. Yeah. You know, they're they ignorant when it comes to business. They know how to cut hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's... They scrape up enough money and find out how to open up some doors and put some chairs in there. But they don't know nothing about business. Especially when you get one of them to come on Facebook and, and comment on those questions about commission versus booth rent. And you hear a shop owner saying that the commission um, shop owners are being greedy. When you hear a shop owner say that, it lets you know he's ignorant when it comes to understanding business. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, uh, I find a, a lot of barber shop owners go into business not even knowing or understanding business. That's actually the the well, you've been to where I work and you've talked to the barber shop owner where I work, and uh, he's the same way. He he doesn't understand business. But mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, sooner than later, you know, he, he the thing, too, with him is he's hard headed, too. And he it takes a lot to get through to him. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where he sort of gets in his own way. But I, I, to, I totally understand what you're saying about that. So the shop that you're at now, like, are you doing boothering or commission? I do boothering. OK. Mm-hmm. Now, you know. Now, there's a question too because some I had I asked everyone to leave questions on Instagram and one of the questions that one of the people asked was coming out of barber college do you think it's good for him to do booth rent or commission what's your take on it uh you just I mean you just never know uh it depends on what kind of busy the shop is and stuff, you know, or what kind of system they got. Like, for instance, a shop like mine in its current condition, it, it, all this stuff is, that's what, that's what I'm saying about that, that question. All this stuff is circumstantial. You know, a, a barber can come straight out of school at my shop right now and pay full boot rent and be comfortable and make, and make, a, make a good profit because I have the clientele. We, we, have, we have the traffic. Right. See, we have the traffic. It's it's not one of them shops where you go in there and everybody coming to the door is waiting on certain barbers. You know, I have a lot of people who come in haircut. I want a haircut, you know. Right. And, and whatever barber they're ready to get in a chair, whatever barber wasn't serving. So but but and, and on the average shop though, it makes sense for a barber to to want to start on booth rent. I mean, I'm sorry, not boofing, but commission. It just makes sense, you know, because if you don't have a clientele and it's one of them shops where you got to build, you know, slowly, you know, it just makes good sense for him to go on, start on commission because if he don't make none, he don't own that. Right. You know, and also when you're on commission, it also benefits 
the, the, the barber because that the shop owner is going to advertise for you. He's going to put people in your chair. He's going to hustle for you. Right. See, because he has an incentive to do that because yeah. he don't make no money. You don't make no money. Right. And that's what these guys don't see. They don't see the benefit of being on commission. Now, the ones that do see the benefit of being on commission, they give advice. I hear them talking on Facebook all the time. They give advice like this. Uh, I heard them come out and say it just like this. As soon as you guys go, go to a commission shop, build your clientele, and then once you build your clientele, take your clientele to a different shop with you. You know? Yeah. So that's why I build them advise people like that. Yeah, it's, but, fun, it's funny. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's funny because I was having this conversation last week with one of the barbers in the barbershop, and he was like, He's like, man, why would I go do booth rent, or not booth rent? But he was he was basically saying, why would I go uh go to a commission shop? And I explained to him, I'm like, in some scenarios, you can make just as money, just as much money, in commission as you would booth rent. And he just yes. he didn't get it, and I had to explain it to him. But a lot of barbers only, they don't look at the full picture. With I've noticed this with a lot of barbers, they only see things one way. And then they get fixated on it, and then they don't they don't want to hear the other side of the argument. So I explained it to him, and I was like, "Right now, you're charging twenty dollars." And I'm talking about this guy here. So I was like, "You're charging twenty dollars for a haircut right now." I was like, "Your booth rent is one fifty. I was like, "Yeah, this is fine. You can go into commission and make the same amount of money." And I told him, if you go into a commission-based shop, let's say you go into a commission-based shop where the haircuts are thirty dollars, <throat> the, exactly. the amount of money that they're probably going to take in commission is forty, maybe thirty, if you're lucky. It's the same thing as as you actually are charging right now. Then <clears throat> what's going to happen is by you cutting hair at that higher price point, you're probably going to get better customers that are willing to tip more. Then I'm pretty sure with most commission shops, you can sell retail and then you can get a percentage on that, get more money. You don't, I mean, this is the good and the bad of it, but you don't have to worry about getting clientele so much because, you know, that's what the owner's supposed to do in a commission shop. You know, not to say that you're not, the barber's not supposed to go out there and hustle at all, but, you know, by and large, the the shops yeah you you basically uh told him the same thing i tell people all the time i've seen some scenarios where people would came out better at, at certain commission shops that's why i say it's, it's all circumstantial yeah if you're working at a shop i know a guy right now working at boots Ranch shop and um, they they charging 10 for kids and 12 for adults in pleasant grove okay Oof. and he was telling me he's frustrated because he's been kind of have 20 years and he was telling me that the owner it's old school. He, he come in, do his appointments, and leave. You know, this guy, they, they shoot him 20 bucks. He had to. So he was talking to him about going up going up on the prices and stuff. And I said, well, man, I said, why don't you go to him and say, hey, tell him you don't, I don't mind paying, you know, extra, more booth rent. You know what I'm saying? But if you, if you go up on these prices, you know, and, so I said, get with the other guys and interact with them about that. 
So he, he got the other guys asking, man, y'all think about asking what's name go on practice? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So when he spit the other side to him, now, and that might mean you go up $10, $20 on blueprint. Oh, no, never mind, then. We good. And see, the problem is yeah. they don't do math. Because if, 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 he, if he goes up $2 on a haircut, for, all right, so they all eat $2 more a head. So if they just say on, on average, let's say they do 50 heads a week. One, 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 one guy do 50 heads a week at $2 more a head. That's so That's dumb. That's $100 more. Dollars, That's so right? dumb. And he asked you for $10 more on booth rent? That's stupid. And you you rather not do it? Because you don't want your booth rent to go up? Yes. And, and, and the problem, and this is how you get dumb equations like that. Dumb, and people thinking dumb like that. Because they, they can't see the forest for the trees. They so worried about how much they're giving. They so worried about giving the shop owner less as possible to where to where they're knocking themselves out of money. Yeah. Yeah. The dumbest stuff ever. Yeah, a lot of barbers make really bad decisions. I, I've noticed. It, it's funny because I got to talk about that one barber again that I was having a conversation with booth rent versus <laughs> commission. He's another one. He he makes bad decisions because he was actually working in Mesquite at a barber shop, and he had a full clientele. The shop owner was going to go up on booth rent. I think it was like maybe a $25 increase a week. You know, this, uh-huh. this is this is qu- quite a bit. You know, if you look at it overall, this is quite a bit if you average it out over the course of a year. It's a lot of money. Uh-huh. He just up and quit rashly. He just rashly up and quit the shop. And was like, nah, I ain't paying this. And then went to go to, to where we are now and he's starting over. And I, I was just like, why did you quit? I was like, that's dumb. You should have at least waited like a month, maybe two, let all, get all your clients in line and say, hey, I'm going to be moving over here. Hey, you can come check. Instead of just upping and leaving because you just didn't like 25 extra dollars, which, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand it because it, it came out of the blue from what he told me. It wasn't like something where he had like months notice that, yeah, Boothrin's going to be coming up uh, in a few months. Guys, get ready. But I was just like, that's just a bad deci- bad business decision. Yeah, these guys be in their feelings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they don't, they don't think because they be in their feelings. That's, that was one haircut. This guy was willing to give away. He's willing to start over because of, for one haircut a week. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. Now, you're losing, now you're losing more than one haircut a week trying to start over. Yeah. He, he lost a lot of his clients. Uh, he was. Uh, you remember that shop in Mesquite? It's called Who's Next. Uh, yes, I do. It's over there. I, by, over there, over there, Townies. Yeah, it's right next to that Harbor Freight and the Family Dollar and all that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he was there. That shop's closed now, but that's where he was. But yeah, a lot of his clients. And and, and 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 that's why the shop is closed because. Nobody want to see the shop owner make no money, you know. So they're gonna they're gonna skimp out on him everywhere they can, or they're gonna move go somewhere else. Yeah, man. And, and what they don't realize is when they move, all they're doing is gonna take advantage of of a shop owner that don't know how, don't know nothing about business. Yeah, you see. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I really I try don't. To tell these guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, man. 
I think a lot of barbers, they focus on the wrong thing, you know, with trying to get the skills up, which I mean, look, skills are very important to some degree. Uh, there's this thing where they did a, a study of what's important in the barber industry. And this is what like the corporations do and what they really focus on. They focus on not the skills, the skills they focus on this about 15 to 20 percent is what really matters to a corporation like a supercuts, great clips, stuff like this. Uh, the more important thing to them is the social skills and the, uh, the soft skills, not the hard skills. So the hard skills right. is a very small percentage of what they focus on. And it's funny right. because people hate on supercuts, great clips, sports clips, but I always try to tell people successful. you need to really look at them and the model that they do and, and, and look at yourself as I can actually learn something from them because people can hate on them all they want. And it's funny. I was talking about this with this exact same barber. Uh, he was actually cutting one of my customers. Um, that's a whole nother story. Maybe we'll talk about that later on just how stupid customers are. Remind me to tell you this story if if you, if you don't forget. Uh, but uh, okay. the guy who was saying he went to like a super cuts and all this stuff before. And we got in a conversation because I remember super cuts back in the 90s. And I remember they were horrible in the 90s. It's what, 2019? They're decades later. They're still bad, but they're still in business. So it's not to say that you want to strive to be bad, but another thing that people complain about with them is, you know, they suck, blah, blah, blah. Like, but they hire tons of people. They actually have people work for them because a lot of barbers complain that are in the booth rental model. They're like, oh, man, I never do commission. Okay. Uh, if that's the case, because they always say like, oh, no one's going to want to pay commission. No one's going to want to do this. But I'm like, Supercuts and all these other corporations, they have people that work hourly that are getting paid way less. I'm like, trust me, there's people out there that are willing to get paid commission. You just don't want to put forth the effort. Because with commission, like just me examining the model, you actually have to really be on top of your business if you're running commissions. You know, booth rent's a lot easier, a lot less paperwork and a lot less headache. Yeah. And I think uh, that's what a lot of people don't want either. They really don't want to operate like a real business owner. Right. I've tried. I've tried commission before. How'd you like and it? It's it, uh, it, like you just like you said to that point. It, it, it's way more work. It, it, it requires you to be a to be a business owner. It requires you. It's a job. Yeah. Your, your record keeping. Yep. Uh, it, 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 it it makes you work. You know. Boofing is, is for the lazy businessman, the lazy barbershop owner. And yeah. that's me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's always tell people, yeah. like, there's money. You got, some, you got some interesting comments coming up, don't you? Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see what people are saying. <laughs> I, see my, my, I see a friend of mine on there. Uh, I'm going out there Monday to teach a class at his school in Killeen. Oh, Sean okay. Whitelow. Sean oh, Whitelow. Okay. okay. Yeah. He got like four shops, and he all he do commission on all, all his shops. That's what's up, man. If he's doing good, he's probably eating out there in Colleen. Man, you should see. If you ever been, you've never been there. You man, it's a, it's it's so many barbershops out there. How far uh, is Colleen like, anyway? I've never seen anything like it. It's like uh, you know how the liquor stores on South Dallas. 
that's how that's how that's how the barbershops are over there. They're like like literally three or four of them next door to each other. I've never seen nothing like that before. Wow, that's almost like how it is in downtown Mesquite over there. There's like there's like four barber shops in a quarter mile space. It's ridiculous. No, I'm talking no, I mean when I say next door, I mean literally, bro. I literally wow. the next business is another barbershop that's not even related. Wow. So how like them car lights, you know them car lights be next door. That's how that's how the barbershop is over there. Not all of them, but they like you the closer you get to the base, that's how you find a lot of them. And you go, you got a lot of. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming they're Korean, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a lot of those shop, a lot of the shops uh, owners, you know, there. And they got like little Korean ladies in there cutting hair and stuff. Yeah. And then they, and they, they, they undercutting too. They cutting for the low. Wow. So how far is Colleen? Uh, it's about two hours and forty minutes, probably. Oof. I was gonna say, man, I might be down to go, but woo hoo 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 hoo. <laughs> woo. Yeah. So I want to actually uh talk about something since since we're on the, the topic of education and all that other stuff. I noticed uh-huh. you're doing something that's really cool. It's called Barber Builders and it's you have a website, right? It's barberbuilders.net, correct? Yes. So explain barber builders. Well, I started Barber Builders um, because uh, I've been seeing all these guys uh, doing their own little educating thing, you know, around the around the nation. Right. And I said, you know what? I know I could do that. That's something I can do. I do it anyway because I get a lot of times I get guys straight out to barber school to come work in my shop. I've been doing it anyway, and I said these guys getting paid for it, you know. That'd be a nice, that'd be a nice side business. And um, I had, uh, I'm talking to Chris Basio when I was down there with him in January, taking his 40-hour class, and he gave me some advice. You know, he was saying, you you, you want to build your brand first, then open your, your, your school. And that's what he, that's what he's doing. He said he's going to open a barber school this year, his first school, barber school. Yeah, he'll so he built well. his brand, and by teaching classes in hotels and shops and all this type of stuff, so, you know, I said, okay. So I said, well, let me, let me get started, you know. And uh, I eventually, so basically this, what I'm doing now is developing a, a teaching style, curriculum, branding that, uh, that barber builders, because that will be the name uh, of my barber school one day. So I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take this, pri- this personal academy, this private training academy that I'm doing right now, and I'm going to transition it into a, a accredited uh, barber school in, in Texas. Oh, okay. So the the you you hold classes every week, right? Like either Sunday or Monday or both Sunday and Monday. Not not every week. It's just just whenever I I feel like I got an opening and I got time to promote the class and I you know, decide what I want to teach and I just I just put it out there. I put a flyer out or just start you know, mentioning it, putting posts out about the class. Yeah. On social media. Yeah, I've been telling you, man. I, I want to get in on one of those and just, uh, like sit in one of those. I just gotta. It's tricky because the ones you do on Sunday, you know, most barbers are off on Sunday, but me, I'm typically with my family. It's usually a family day, so mm-hmm. we'll, yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to schedule one. One. Of yeah, these it's kind of hard because some people Monday is a better day for them. Some people Sunday is a better day for them. So I thought about doing. A particular class, and then do the exact same class 
said Sunday night and do it again Monday morning. Right. So whoever the timing was bad for them on a Sunday, they can come on to the Monday one and vice versa. Right. So when you go down to uh, Colleen this Monday, how long do you expect to be out there? Man, I'll probably be out there about probably about five hours, probably four, five hours. Mm, okay, so that's pretty much like a nine, ten hour day. Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wee. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're welcome to come, man. You know, matter of fact, uh, Sean, the owner, he he asked me, did he come to bring somebody? I want to bring somebody. Yeah, yeah, because Mondays is, is pretty slow for me. Mm-hmm. I, I usually use Monday, my Mondays. Like, I'll still come into the shop because, you know, hey, maybe I'll get lucky. But I usually use Monday to do record keeping, I, you know, and put all my data in in my uh, where I calculate all my expenses and income and all that stuff. And I try and do scheduling for podcast yeah. guests, do research, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. I do a bunch of paperwork on Monday, so usually I'm just doing that, but <clears throat> but yeah, man, uh, we'll be in touch more, though. I'll, we'll have to talk more uh, off yeah. off the camera and microphones and figure something mm-hmm. out, but uh, but yeah, what you're doing is, is dope. So I saw one of your recent YouTube videos is talking about cause you, you sound like a, a used car dealer. You're renting out state board bags. Yeah. <laughs> where where did you come up with this idea? You know, uh, I, I that was uh, my pastor's wife. My pastor and his wife used to own a beauty school some several years back, and she was doing it. She would rent out the state board kits to to the students and stuff and whoever. And I can't remember what it was three weeks ago that triggered it for me. Um, oh, that's what it was. I had I had somebody hit me up, and uh, they were ready to take that my class to prepare them for uh, for their practical test. And um, so I said, well, you know what? I, let me, because I, I had already advertised that I I do, I do practical exam, you know, uh, prep. And so. I was getting ready for the class, and I said, you know, it might be a good idea for me to just have everything already ready for this guy just in case he shows up. You know, it just saved me time, you know, on the class. I don't want him to get there, and we got to put all this kit together so he can get the, the you know, the closest experience of what's going to be real, what he's going to walk into that day of the test. And uh, so when I was putting the kit together and everything, I'm like, you know what, that's a much-needed service. And then I thought about uh, my pastor's wife, when she was offering that service, you know, back then, I said, you know what? They need that out here because it is a lot of work. People don't realize. I mean, it's that that whole that whole practical test, the preparation, and the test itself is tedious. Everything is task line. All these all these, these Ziploc bags. Everything got to be labeled. Everything has to be each. They got it broke down where each category. Uh, has his own Ziploc bag, and you got you got a lot of extra stuff that really wouldn't be necessary, but to them it's necessary, so you got to have it. Yeah. And you're not going to know to have this stuff if you if, if people don't prepare you properly. And if, if, if as a student, for me, if I had to do all that stuff, 
I'd rather just pay somebody and have it already, already ready. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, though, uh, especially because every barber school is different. Some some of the barber colleges out here, they don't get you ready. They Like the kit that they give you with the school, like cause some schools, everything that they give you in the kit is what you'll need to take to state board. But some of them will give you even extra on top of that. But for the ones that don't give you anything, like you really got to piece together your own kit. And a lot of times they won't even help you pack your bags. Luckily for me, like when I went through Barber College, the instructor actually helped me pack my bags. She helped me label everything. Uh, like we went over all the stuff and it was a help. And so that's pretty dope because I know some barbers, they have been out of school for a little while. So, they, you know, they're probably like real out of tune. So that's pretty dope. <laughs> I, I noticed in the video you said you have you have a core fee. You sound like an automotive store. You, what is it? What is this core fee? Yeah, uh, because like I said, the bag is valuable. It might not be that valuable to people after they get through passing the test, but it's gonna be valuable to me and the next person. So, uh, if you want to buy the bag and keep it for some strange reason, you know, and you want to pay the full amount, a hundred dollars or more, depending on which bag you get. Yeah, I got one. I got two. One where you can have the clipper, a pair, of, a pair of wild clippers with all the guards and a pair of trimmers going that way. Because all you gotta do is a basic haircut. Don't we don't, don't nobody need to go in there trying to do Instagram this and that cut. because yeah, no, they want they don't they want you to follow task lines. They want to see certain things. Yeah, you know, and so the core fee. I want so I want you to pay me. The full amount, as if you were buying it, just in case you don't bring it back. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you because I was like, man, because I saw the kit and I was like, man, that's a lot of stuff. I was like, man, yeah. I wonder if anyone has either not bringing it back or broke some stuff. Right. I'm sure. So this, I'm you, sure this has probably happened. Right. So if you put the full amount up front, you don't have to worry about it. You know, uh, I'm gonna have a list of everything that you had. You you left with, and a contract you sign, you know that you get your refund if you bring everything back that, that was on the list. Yeah. Um, if uh, so, basically it'd be like sixty bucks to rent it. I prefer to rent them. I don't want you on the sell them. I just prefer to rent them. Yeah. You know, there's less work because I gotta build another bag from scratch if you don't bring the bag back. Yeah. Not saying I gotta do the work that I'm saving you <laughs> again. Yeah, that's funny. but then like I say, so you'll come when you bring your stuff back, you'll get you'll get you'll get the balance back. Yeah, and let let me say something real quick. Uh, shout out uh to Xavier, uh, my stepbrother. He's going to the Air Force, and just letting you know, Xavier, I'm I'm gonna try and make it down to your graduation in July. I need to talk to my wife. I haven't even talked to her about it yet, but yeah, I'm gonna try and make it down to your graduation in July. He's leaving May seventh to go to boot camp, but. The uh the state board is funny though, the state board, the exa the practical, it's actually really easy, like it's funny when I did mine I loved it, it was actually for me it was funny watching other people sweat because I I could just see everyone be nervous, and those ladies in there I from what I remember, and who knows they probably have a whole different crew of ladies now but I remember when I was in there they were like wolves you know they they could smell the fear. And if they could smell the fear, they would zero in on you. 
and then right. pe- people would just be like, <laughs> it was hilarious, man. Like the dude next, <laughs> the dude next to me, th- they were zeroed in on this dude, and I was I was loving it because it took the pressure off me, because I'm like I could see her, like you know how it is. They say you can't look around; you gotta look either forward or look at your model or whatever you're doing. You know, you can't be looking around. So I could feel her eyes looking at this guy. And I was like, man, this made it so easy for me because everything that I had questionable, I would do it whenever she was looking at him. So <laughs> so I, I was like really like gaming the system. But I did pretty good on the practical. I ended up getting like a 91. And, uh, but I was like, overall, I was like, it's actually pretty easy. You know, if you just follow the steps, do everything that they like you say those little task lines just do everything it's a really easy practical the exam is very easy well the problem that people have the exam and that's what i teach in the class they're more concerned about you following the task line yeah you know everything is like a point two point you instead of getting points taken off for little stuff that you like you have to be aware of these things and you have to make this an automatic practice like like, and this stuff you don't do every day. So that's why you have to be prepared for it. You have to prepare, you know, train for this stuff. Uh, like sanit- sanitizing your hands before almost every little bitty thing you do. Yeah. You know, every section, you got to sanitize your hands before every section of the test, before you start any service. Yeah. You know, it ain't like you're going to get there and sanitize your hands when you start the test. Okay. That ain't it. You got to sanitize your hands before the, uh, the uh, hair shape. You're gonna, you're gonna start with the uh, the, uh, the the board, the setup. You know the hair shaping. You're gonna do the shampoo first, then the blow dry, then they call it they call it the haircut. They call it the hair shaping service. That, that's that's three times you've already uh, sanitized your hands with the, with the sand, with the hand sanitizer. Yeah. You know. You need. You got to do the shave. You got to do the the facial. You got to everything. You got to uh, sanitize your hands. Yeah. You know. So it's it's you get so you losing a point every time you miss something. Yep. You got to keep your area clean. You know, we don't go through all that, but you know, but definitely this is a much needed service that I'm offering for the board uh, prep. Yeah, it's really good because not a lot of schools are willing to sit down with people and do this. I know this for a fact. Luckily, where I went to, the, well, the two schools that I went to. The one where I got my barber license, and then where, where I went to the instructor program, both of those schools they went, they went through with the people and they helped them out, and that's uh, it's pretty dope. Yeah, there's two sides of that. You know, uh, I met students that swerving down in school didn't teach them nothing, and you have some schools out there that's dropping the ball on that. But also, some of these same students that say that. They were that student that were half ass didn't show up at school, yeah. in the back in the back smoking or shooting dice or uh, somewhere uh, stealing time on the clock, you know. Yeah. And but 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 when you talk to them, oh, that school didn't teach me nothing. That's why they don't know nothing, you yeah. know. Yeah. So sometimes it was the school, and some a lot of times it wasn't the school. Yeah, because a, a lot of I remember the the I went to Texas Barber College, but. It's funny because uh, I talked to someone there recently. Actually, no, one of the guys that I work with, he was asking, he was asked, well, not asking, but really telling me that one of the instructors there, she was asking about me because she knew I went to go through the instructor program and she's basically trying to hire me. 
But uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, man, it's the school's totally different now. Apparently, it, it's got all the way ratchet. But I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know. That'd be like a Joe Clark lean on me situation if I try and go in there right now. But yeah. But I remember just from my time being there, like people would complain, like, oh, you guys aren't teaching us nothing. This, that, the third. But I was able to learn a lot there. The thing is, it's just a lot of people don't want to apply themselves. They don't want to put themselves in uncomfortable situations because we had instructors there that was teaching color. We had instructors there that was teaching uh, like straight hair and how to work with scissors and all this stuff. But the crazy part was not a lot of people were in on those little small classes. Everyone was in the break room, out back, riding the clock, you know, just delinquent. I'm just like, hey, man, y'all Y'all complain that like a lot of the people that would complain a lot, I would just notice they don't do a lot. It's one of those sad things. Well, um, why you on the subject? Uh, thing I don't want to win blank. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Ask <laughs> me a question. I forgot. My mind's went somewhere. All right, well, let me uh, let me answer this guy's question because I've seen him ask ask this before. Uh, he's asking for the best fading techniques for beginners. Man, look, I always say with beginners, this is the advice that I give beginners for fading. It's best to learn how to fade with guidelines. That is just me personally. Like, I could teach you how to fade down using no guidelines, but for a beginner, I like, to teach them to fade with guidelines because it it allows structure and it also allows you to fade out a line. Because if I teach you how to fade down and you don't know how to fade out a line period, then you're gonna be in trouble. So fading with guidelines is very simple. One inch guidelines, use the same system, open lever, then the one and a half, and then fade all those out in between. And it's very simple. Um, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I believe that because fading down is it's too easy to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe uh, uh, setting uh, set up panels, like you said, fade and fade and, and fade them out, fade out, fade out guidelines. I believe that's the best way to go. I believe every every, every beginner needs to needs to learn a basic system first. You know, because there's you know you I, I got what I call a uh, Skip blade technique. Uh, I got the, uh, I mean, setting up the panels one that fade one panel out at a time. You got, I got what they call what I call a scoot up technique, where you just go all the blade lengths in a, in a row and, and start by, start with the bottom out and go all the way up and raise the fade up as you go. Yeah. But all, all that stuff, it, it comes from later on. I think everybody should know the basic, like you said. Uh, Put in guidelines and take them out. That's the best way to go with with beginners and 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 perfect that before you start doing all that other stuff. Yeah. Learn, learn how to produce a, a learn how to produce a decent fade that's worthy of you getting paid for before you start venturing out to that other stuff. Yeah. Different types. Of, learn one good way to produce a good fade first. Yep. You know. Yeah, that's why I tell people just stick to one thing. Because it's funny, like the a lot of the things that I've done and have gotten better at, I don't recommend other people try what I did. 
because it's right. not for everyone. Like me, I tried a bunch of different fading techniques, but I don't recommend that for everyone. You know, like to this day, because uh, I think I was speaking about this last week. Someone was asking a question about. Oh, my God. I can't, they were. Uh, oh, they were asking me if I use different techniques for different people or use different clippers and things like this. And I was telling them that, yeah, I do. I have four or five different fading techniques that I use for specific customers that I know this technique works best for them. It's the most efficient, but I don't recommend that you learn like that. Right. Yeah. It's best to have, I agree a good, with you. yeah, it's best to have a good foundation first, then start venturing out and trying this and that. Cause it's going to be really hard to learn if you try to learn three different fading systems. I agree with you on that. But, uh, uh uh, on a, a lot of these uh, schools, though, uh, I just feel like I want to do a school because I just feel like I got I can I got stuff to bring to the industry as far as simplifying the way uh, we teach, Get, getting a you know, putting systems in place. Yeah. Now we, I I do notice that about a lot of schools, they don't really have systems when it comes to actually teaching these students. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky, man. Um, and I understand like the the schools they're in a tight position too because it's like they have a they have things to juggle, you know, like they have to worry about passing rates and stuff like this and attendance and you know like all this other stuff. And then you have to focus on the education as well. And then of course at the end of the day, it's a business, so you want to make profits. So man, it's it's tough. Um, I know me personally, that's probably one of the things that I do not want to do is open a school, but more power to everyone that does it. Like, I know you say you have aspirations to do it. Actually, when do you plan on opening the school? Do you have a time frame or a game plan for this? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, three years, three years. Yeah. So, so everything I do with, over the next three years. Uh, not everything I do, but over the next few years, I'll be putting, I'll be preparing for that. <laughs> hey, ho hopefully, Barbara and don't die down. Yeah, and that, that's it, what I'm. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the moment that that it just kind of cools off because it's real cool to be a barber. It's been like that for years now, but I'm just, I'm just wondering when is it gonna cool down? Yeah, it's a lot of hype right now. Uh, so, what do you think about? Uh, I'm. I'm I'm at the point where I'm really ready to give the the all of her styling back to the beautician. <laughs> you know, why you know why they're trying to? It's okay. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Kind of contradicts itself. You have the state just added nails to our actual test. Yeah, okay? I heard about that. Okay, and that's supposed to start in September, going to effect in September. So. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I mean, even though we're licensed to do nails, you know, it, 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 it makes sense, you know, to put it on our table if we're licensed to do it. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, but I don't know one barber that does nails. Yeah, me neither. I never met one. Yeah. Just never like I, just like I, I don't meet many barbers that do <laughs> roller sets and perm rods. Exactly. So this is what, what my... Uh, about five, about six years ago, 
I wrote a letter to the uh, to the senator in Texas, a representative, mm-hmm. uh, representative in Texas. And you know, I can't even remember if I mailed it off in that. I know I got a copy down there. I'm looking at it the other day. I ran across the folder. I also had a, a I have a, a curriculum designed out. You know, based on their current curriculum, I took their current curriculum, I revised it. You know, I cut the hours from 1,500 to 1,200. And this was six years ago. And the reason why I think this is important now is because they're, like I said, they're adding nails. They're adding stuff instead of taking away stuff. You know, it just don't make sense for us to be going to school, training for this stuff, testing on this stuff, when we're not going to do this stuff. Yeah, you know, I believe that I believe the passing rate would be greater if they take some of this other stuff out because we have more focus on zeroing in and, and studying the stuff that we need that we're going to be doing and the stuff that we need to be tested on. You know, just think you're studying uh, permanent rod, permanent waving, uh, nails, and and all this stuff right here and. What that means, so you studying all of that along with the other stuff. So just think, you, the stuff that you actually need to know, some of that stuff going to slip away in the midst of all this other information. So you, you, you it's crazy. I talked to one of the one of the um, proctors at, at the state board. Um, they used to do the uh, state board uh, uh, PSI right. exam, and she told me she said, Mr. West, she said. You won't believe one of the main the main section they be spelling. And I said, "What?" She said, "The haircutting section." This is on this is on a on a, a theory test. Wow. She said on the theory test bar the main section bar was spelled the haircutting section. You know, the only thing I could think why they fail it is probably because of arrogance, and they're like, "I already know this." But I I wouldn't call it arrogant. It, I mean, that's I mean. That's human nature. You would think they know a person would think that they cut her every day. They won't have to. I mean, it's, it's, there's two reasons. We, uh, like you said, but I, I wouldn't call it arrogance though. But, they, but they're they're overlooking it. You know, they under underestimated it because they think they know a little bit about cutting hair already. So another reason is because it was like that when I was in school. I heard too many people say, "Man, study that sanitation. Most of the questions on sanitation, disinfection." Study that, study that. So everybody zeroed in and focused on that, thinking that the haircut part would be a breeze. And she told me that the terminology, the terminology, uh, haircut terminology is where they were messing up at. Yeah. And I think for me, like what helped me and what made the practical, even the, the written easy was, well, one, I'm not the best test taker. And I know a lot of people, they're not good test takers. But I definitely learned this from being in the military and doing a lot of the military testing. A lot of those tests are worded, they they word them differently. You really have to pay attention to the wording. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up. They don't pay attention to the wording. And... They, like you say, underestimate things because a lot of stuff is real basic, but they overlook it because they think they know it. But it's really, 
they want to know what's in the book, not how you think it is. Right. But it, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's really easy. I mean, I like I have I've seen plenty of barbers fail. Actually, a couple guys that I was in school with, they took their tests recently. Uh, I think maybe last week or something like that. But one of them passed barely and the other one failed. And this was the practical. And, you know, the one one of the guys, he was he was shocked that he he barely passed. He thought he did good. But I'm just like, hey, man, I, I don't know. And then the other guy, he he's like, man, I don't know. But it's tricky. Well, I, I don't think the press, I, I, mean, I don't think the theory test is easy. It's just, like you said, some people take tests better than others. Some people are more educated than others. Uh, our, our barber book is college level, okay? And those people don't understand. And that's, that's one of the things I want, that I, that I feel like they should change. Uh, people challenge me on that because they say, why dumb down our trade? It's not dumb down our trade. You know, it's simplifying our trade. You see what I'm saying? As far as uh, think about the stuff that we study. We, I, our book, look at the terminology in our book. It, it's college-level terms in there. These are terms that doctors are using and stuff. Dermatologists. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they expect somebody that may not even have a high school diploma you know, you know, in the state of Texas, all you need is eighth grade education and be age 16 to, to go to barbering school. Mm. Okay, and then, then now, if you get a if you get a a, a government uh, federal funding, then they require a high school diploma or, or GED, and uh, you know, you got to do a minimum of 12 months. But if you if you're not going through them, then all you need is uh, Eighth grade education, age sixteen, and uh, a minimum of nine month trade. Mm. Okay, and so, like I was saying, some of these terms. Okay, say for instance, we we're studying bacteria, right? Right. And bacteriology, bacteriology, bro. Think about it. Uh, we we got the what, the bacilla and the spirilla and all this stuff, and then you study the shapes of each one of these bacteria. Who can see one of those bacteria? You tell me. You yeah. tell me who's walking around the barbershop, with, excuse me, with a magnifying glass where they can identify these bacteria. Yeah. You can't. So my, what I'm saying is it's, it's a lot of information material that we're covering that's in our book that's taken away from the focus that we can be putting on the stuff that's really, that should be necessary for us to focus on. Yeah, no, nah, I know, agree. And then these guys are going down and they're filling the test. And it's like, you know, it, people, it, that, you know, they just need to study. Now, everybody, you know, it's a barber. It's barbering. We're not doctors. You know, I know a lot of barbers like to pretend like they're doctors and stuff. But no, you're not a doctor. <laughs> you can't have it. Of course, of course, of course, customers need to be safe. We need sanitation, safety for the customers. Okay. And, but it's the same thing in the food industry, right? Yeah. In the food industry, do they have to take a test on bacteria and all this type of stuff? No. You, you go you go get a job. You ain't even got to have a high school diploma or GED. You go to go to a food industry. You get you get hands-on training, right? They, they go in there. They say, look, whenever you do this, make sure you do this. That's that's for sanitary and health purposes. 
for, so the health inspector, we'd be in line with the health inspector and, and, and the safety for our, our customers, right? They tell you, do this whenever you do this, do that whenever you do that, okay? These are the po- uh, dangerous, poisonous cleaning supplies, whatever, whoop, they stay under this cabinet, whoop, whoop. All right, nobody has to take a, a, a study the shapes of bacteria and all this type of stuff to keep the public safe in these restaurants. You know, you can walk on and get a job and get on the job training. Well, so what I'm saying is, why do we have to do this in barbering? You know, it's just certain things that they can leave out and they can simplify it. So when these guys go take a test, they can pass a test. You know, I, I met a guy the other day. He's with the guy that I trained for the practical. He was in his model at, at my training. He said he took that thing five times already, the written test. Wow. Yeah. And I met a, I had another dude. He took it 12 times before he passed it. 12? Yeah, 12 times. Damn, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Come I mean, every, like you said, some people don't take tests well. Some people, you know, uh, it, okay, I, I had a meeting, you know, you know, I'm a licensed instructor, so sometimes I get to go to, you know, certain meetings and stuff. You know, they, they, the PSI would email us, let us know when they're having a meeting on stuff that they're working on, whatever. And they want us to prepare, you know, so they can know, we know how to prepare the students. Right. So, I was at one about, I guess, about a year and a half, two years ago, and uh, I missed the one this year, last month. But, uh, they, uh, I asked him, I said, you know, it just seems to me that there need to be trick questions on these tests, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like it's like those military tests. Like, the, yeah, yeah you, you really have to know how to take tests to pass them tests. That's if you, you know, if you, especially if you're not good. Because I know on the military tests, it's like two of the questions, two of the answers would seem the same. But it's just one word that would disqualify that that answer. Right now, don't get me wrong. On some things, that's important to do that, so you can know that they know for sure. Especially when it comes to something like uh, the safety, you know. But a lot of times, man, like I said, to me, that's like a that's just a trick question situation and stuff. And a lot of people don't catch that stuff. That's why they be that's why they be uh, failing the test. Yeah. But I asked, I said, man, it just seems to me like. Like y'all, don't, like y'all put trick questions in there so people can fail and have to come back. And yes, it's a guy to ask on here. Yeah, you, you do have to pay every time you go. This guy want to know you got to pay every time you go. Yeah, yeah, you do have to pay every time you go. That's why. That's why I was saying when you said a guy went twelve times, I'm like, damn, that's like that's like what six hundred some dollars. Man, yeah. woo, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of money, <laughs> man. It's funny because uh. Like, my whole journey is different than a lot of people's because, like I say, a lot of the stuff that I do, I always tell people, don't do what I did. It's not for everyone. The way I, the way I studied for, the, for uh, the written exam, I wouldn't recommend anyone study the way I did because me, I didn't study for my written exam. Like I didn't, I didn't. Once my theory was over and I knew I was about to take the test, I wasn't studying. My thing was this: with the way I went through the theory portion of school, me, a lot of the stuff for me, like one, I was really dedicated, so I, it already had my attention. 
like I, I didn't go in barber college like it was a like it was a chore to be at school. I really enjoyed being at barber college. So me going through the theory, I actually I was like, wow, this was actually fun for me to learn. So as we went through each chapter, I actually I absorbed a lot of the knowledge as we went through the theory. Right. So me, I didn't have to go back and uh, pick up anything else because it was already absorbed. But also life experience helped me as well, because a lot of the stuff, especially when you talk about the what we were talking about, like the biology and all the diseases and stuff. A lot of these diseases and things, I've already known a lot of this stuff. The anatomy portion, like I knew all a lot of this stuff already, so it wasn't foreign to me. A lot of this stuff, I knew it. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. I learned a little bit extra, you know. Um, and it, for me, it was easy. So that's why I didn't have to study. That's why I'd say, like, don't do what I did. It's not for everyone. Like, you can't just go through theory and then hope, you know, you can pass it. You'll probably fail right. if, if you do what and, I did. And- and that's the thing I wanted to bring uh, with a school, and you know, and you can, but you can't, you can, you can lead on to a why we can't make them drink, you know, you can't, you ain't gonna be able to make all students do it the way you did it, mm-hmm. but that's gonna be the model, you know, that's gonna be the recommendation. Absorb this stuff daily, the way it becomes, you know, common knowledge to you. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really the way it's supposed to be set up, but but a lot of guys shy away from the theory part they just want to be out there hanging out or the cutting hair yeah you know yeah that's what gets a lot of people man like because i've seen it i i mean i've been in theory i've seen these guys they'll be in there they're on their phones or they'll be in there and they'll be asleep or they'll be having sidebar conversations or they'll just skip yeah. or they'll just try and skip theory as much as they can and right. I'm, I'm just like yeah. okay and then you'd be like why are y'all here yeah <laughs> A lot of them just remind me of a bunch of kids, you know. It is. You know, a bunch of, a bunch of it's, it's just like teaching high school. Yeah, it, I it, mean, literally. I mean, I had to take people happens, write them up. Uh, you know. Yeah. You you, you never you know I always uh the, my my instructor that taught me to be an instructor, she always taught me to address the students with Mister and Missus the same way that they were supposed to address me, right? It wasn't. It was never enough, though. You are. You never could do it right. Be right enough for them, you know. So they're just like a bunch of high school kids, you know. Yeah, it's, and it's pretty sad because they're all adults, but you know, a lot of them they're not professional, and they, a lot of barbers they're they're really not ready for the barber industry. A lot of them. Right. And the worst part is, a lot of them want to go into the booth rental model right away, which it's really even more dangerous because when you do booth rent, it's really like your, your own business. You know, a lot of, and a lot of them don't set it up like a business. You know, I'm glad you, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going back to Facebook again, because these guys keep posting stuff on Facebook. And so one guy, several guys, I've heard several guys on Facebook say this about how they work for themselves and the shop owner can't tell them nothing as long as he get his booth rent and, Blah blah blah. I even heard. I, I had this was a girl on there the other day. She, she didn't during that conversation on, on that feed. She didn't post uh, uh, screenshots of the state uh, of the of the uh, definition of a booth printer and and you know in other words like like um, by definition and by law 
uh, a shop owner can't tell them nothing and all that type of stuff. That's dumb. You, know, you got a couple shop owners on got on there and said, you know, go get your own business. You go sign a lease and get a certificate. and you go get your own your own shop then, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, there's just a lot of random barbers on there talking about they work for themselves. They independent contractor. As long as they pay their booth rent, shop owner can't tell them nothing. No. Can't tell them when to go to work. Can't can't when to be to work. Can't tell them what. The, all this little crazy stuff. No. And it, it's just a it's just a bad culture. Yeah. You know. And I try to tell people like this. I said, Yeah, you run your own business. You release a space. I said, But it's kind of like a mall. You know, at my shop, it's gonna be like a mall. You know, at the mall, when you go to the mall, see, a lot of people don't know this, and I learned this from Sean Whitelow, that, that's on, it's on your feed right here. Yeah. Um, and he told me, he, he and his partner, when they first set out to open these shops that they got, they went to the mall over there in Killeen, and they, you know, they were sitting down talking about looking over a contract, considering putting the one in the, in the mall. And what they learned was the mall tells you when open that shop. Yep. Like for instance, when the, it, it was in the contract where if that mall open at nine, your doors better be open at nine. Yep. You can't close earlier. You gotta stay. Exactly. Yeah. Or just, exactly. or they'll or they'll find you. Yeah. I learned, right. I learned that when I worked at Nike, uh, because I was like, no, because I was like, man, I was like, like why can't we just close or whatever? They're like, yeah, we gotta stay open because that's what the contract says. And it was weird because. Dillard's would close early sometimes, and I guess they own that part of the property or whatever, so they could do whatever they want. But everyone else is under contract, and you got to follow those rules. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot and if you get in there, you, you you get the being too unruly and unprofessional, ghetto, making them a bad name for the mile. Guess who's gonna? Guess, I'm pretty sure they got something in the contract for that to get you up out of there. Yeah, if they're smart. You see? Yeah, if they're smart, so that's what I tell these guys. Foot Locker got his own its own business, but Townie's mall tell them what time to open and close. And it's in the contract. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I said, I tell these guys, that's how it's supposed to go at a boyfriend's shop. You know, and these and people these guys want to come work at your shop, but they don't have no respect for these the shop owners. Yeah. That's why I tell the that's why I tell the owner where I work, I'm like, dude. You need more rules and procedures, man, because it's funny because he, he'll get upset by the stuff that some of the guys will do. But I'm like, dude, they don't know. They don't know this. Like you're you're expecting them to know this or you think that they should know this. But no, you, you haven't told them. I'm like, just right. because you think it should work this way, you you need to train them this way. It's just like McDonald's and Burger King. They both selling burgers and fries and chicken nuggets and whatever drinks, what whatnot. But if you go from McDonald's to Burger King, you're still gonna get trained at Burger King. They're gonna train you how to work the Burger King way. Right, man. You don't know how many times I don't revise my contracts because of these barbers. <laughs> They're making me add and modify. Them things so many times. I, I even stopped. I even stopped doing year contracts. I just do six month contracts now, just in case I need to change something. Wow. Yeah, that's how bad it is. The culture, the culture is is, is bad, bro. Yeah, in it, it is. It's really bad. A lot of a lot of barbers have it misconstrued. They really don't. 
understand a lot and i think it's part of the education too a lot of the barbers they don't come from a good background and right. and they don't have a good business sense and they're really just doing but, it the way they think it should work right but but they they don't listen to the right people yeah you that know too. they some of the schools are trying to teach professionalism a lot of the, a lot of the instructors you know they got the right perspective on it but these guys want to listen to their homeboys yeah, they got a homeboy that work at a shop, or they got a homeboy, you know, they want to listen to them on how it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to go. You know, they really, but all the everybody taking all these cutting classes and stuff. They need they need to start tuning in to some, classes on or some also webinar on being a professional. Yeah, yeah, business classes and things like this. Which I'm actually uh, next week. I'm I'll be doing a weekly webinar for about six weeks. It's uh, okay. it's actually with one of my guests. He was on the podcast. He's doing a little uh, six week thing, and then he has like a mentorship program at the end of it. So I'm actually excited to to start doing it. But but yeah, What's the guy on here? Uh, Will Stanley. Oh, Will Stanley. Okay, this guy on here just asked, uh, how much would you do a what's the name? Uh, would you do a webinar? How much would you charge? It's so, who's he asking it to? Uh, I'm not sure. J Beats and Waves. Uh, not sure if you're still listening or watching J Beats and Waves, but I'll, I'll explain it for anyone else that may be interested outside of J Beats and Waves. Uh, this was something that I had planned this year, but I honestly don't think I'm going to do it this year. I'll probably save it to next year. I, I wanted to do this thing on YouTube where – because on YouTube, I'm not sure if you noticed or knew this, but you can offer paid content through YouTube, meaning people can pay. It's just like a, almost like pay-per-view, right? You, you know how pay-per-view works. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, yeah, you could do this through YouTube. So it'll be a live stream. I would have two different camera angles. I'll have a model, and we'll do haircuts. So if you wanted to learn how to do, let's say, a comb-over, I would do a comb-over and I would show you the sh how to create the shape, how to execute the cut, how to style, blah, blah, blah. And I would give you all the theory along with the actual physical skills. But I was going to do this on YouTube this year. That was a plan of mine. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so it's almost like, because you know how people, like, because Chris Bosio gets this a lot where people be like, Chris, when you coming back to San Francisco? Chris, when you come to Chicago? Chris, when you come to Massachusetts? Like, he can only be one place at one time. But my thing was with this, it's almost like an online academy, but I'm just doing it through YouTube and uh, they can get they can get me for how like what, two, three hours, whatever. And they can just watch me and interact with me live because, like I say, I can't be everywhere. But if you if you're a good uh, visual learner, it'll be very helpful for you. Right. Well, my, my, uh, that's that's one of the things that I want originally wanted to do with barber builders was uh, um, like a webinar, some type of um, online class, you know, I want to kind of hit them from that angle as well. But like it goes back to my, my, my lack of technical skills. I have to find a way to figure out how that works and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just got to link up with some people on how to get that all set up. But uh, it's funny because <laughs> Sean, Sean Willow says, uh, I don't assume anything dealing with barbers. I train them 
in detail, like the Army trained a new recruit. Army trained you how to wear your uniform and even how to walk from one place to another. I'm like, yep, this is very true. And I think eventually one day I will have a shop. Uh, I'm in no rush to have a barbershop because I know how it is to run a business and deal with employees. So I'm honestly, I'm in no rush to do it again. I'm actually enjoying just being an employee and just having fun, you know, so. Well, no, go ahead. definitely pressure off of you. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely a light load. You know, your load is a lot lighter that way. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I like having a shop because I like the independence of, you know, being in my situation. You know, I don't know if you, have you, have you seen my documentary? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and like being in my situation, it's just good to be able to have the uh, the resources and, and, and independent, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, but um, owning a shop, can, it, can, it can be a, a lot of weight on your shoulders, too, because not only do you have the bills on your shoulders, if, you know, you have, uh, you have other people's lives that you got to make decisions on, you know. Right. Like the other day, the other day I got I got in an argument with my with my landlord, you mm. know. And it's 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 nine of us in there. Uh, it's eight of it's eight of us in there right now. So, just think, I gotta I gotta I gotta think about those other seven people that built their whole lives around. You know this barbershop. I got barber. I got a barber been there ten years. I got two two barbers been there seven years. I got two of them been there six years. You know. So and and these and these people, you know, it's been a blessing that they they've been able to. Uh, and I was telling somebody about this the other day because they was asking me where would I put a, a barber school at, and I said I, I want to put it near a a a bus line. You know, I said, because I noticed a lot of people that go to the barber industry, they had a point in their life where they're either starting up or starting over. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of them haven't even got reliable transportation yet. You know, so after yeah, saying that, uh, made me think about that because a lot of the barbers I have, shot, I had one barber, now he's not with me anymore, though, but he was with me for 10 years, you know. And and I, he was sleeping in his car when he came to my shop. Oh wow! And he he was in a way better better situation when he left ten years later. Uh, I got one barber there now. He was staying with his sister. Now him and his fiance he's getting married here this year. Him and his fiance he got they got bought a home and he's got several vehicles and everything. No, that's dope, man. Um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, like my thing is, yeah, the the time I open my barbershop, I'm going to be very hard on everyone. And not hard in a bad way, but hard in a good way to push them to where they're actually doing better. Like, I'm going to make sure you have certain things, whether you like it or not, but it's going to be for your betterment. Right. Um, One thing that, I know it's a lot of barber shop owners don't do. And this is one thing that I would, I want to do is I want to own the land in the building. That's, that's one thing that I want to do. 
Yeah, uh, I, I've toyed around with that idea, uh, the pros and cons. And like you were saying earlier about super cuts and great clips. Right. You know, you know, look at their business model and stuff. You know, so when you when you take that into consideration, you 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 want to know why don't they ever buy their own building? I watched them rent places for three and four thousand dollars a month. You know, you're like, man, these these people, because you know, actually checking some of the franchises, you have to have like a four hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollar net worth and a hundred and ten thousand dollars up front uh, just to start to be part of one of their franchises. Mm-hmm. So, and you just wonder why don't uh, Supercuts and Great Clips own none no buildings? Why do they always rent? You see, so you gotta study stuff like that when you when you when you toying with the idea of owning your own land and your own your own building. Uh, the landlord, I can tell you, man, the landlord was talking the other day, and he was crying about he be losing money on the on the shopping strip, and uh, he had already told me previously uh, he was complaining about the. His taxes went up thirty five thousand from the previous year. So basically, he paid seventy six thousand dollars for his taxes, uh, and then he and he turned around and paid a uh, hundred and ten thousand the very next year. Ooh wee! In taxes on, on the strip mall. Ooh wee! So you got to think about stuff like that because even if you're on a building, uh, is it going to county that's going to be playing games with you on taxes or not? Yeah. And, and I'm I'm gonna I'm research that anyway to find out if he told me the truth or not. Like it's the public record, you know. Actually, we was trying. I was gonna do it today, but I got a customer walk in right when I was about to do it. And I got busy, but uh, but yeah, because me and a guy got in a debate about it. The shock today, because them 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 was saying that they don't believe it. They don't believe they jumped straight to straight thirty five or thirty eight thousand, whatever it was. Up the very next year, from from seventy six thousand to one hundred ten thousand in taxes, and some of them just didn't believe it. So we said we we're gonna check and look. Now, you know. Now, uh, I I assume I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question. I assume that where you live, you own your house, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Until I stop paying that note. <laughs> <laughs> you still you say until you stop paying that note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where do you live? Where, where, where do you live? What city do you live in? Rowlett. Okay, so you live in Rowlett too. Actually, it's funny. We were looking to buy a house in Rowlett, uh, but the inventory we didn't like the inventory there. But anyway, um, there was this this customer of mine that compl- Well, yeah, I'll just take it as a complaint. They complained that my prices were too high for their teenage son's haircut. She's like, man, $26 for, for a kid's haircut? No, and I just looked at him like, those are just those are my prices. I, I was like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. You know, the crazy part is this is the third time that I've cut her son's hair. But she's just now figuring out that he's been paying $25 for a haircut. The only reason it was 26 is because she paid with a card and there's like some little fees associated with it. But okay. I was just like, I was like, this is the third time you guys have paid for this. I told her this. I'm like, it's been 25 every time. I'm like, the sign is right here. <laughs> but she now complained. Uh, the only reason I think she complained is because 
her either husband or the kid's uncle was like, oh, that's what I paid for my haircut and beer is $25. Man, you paying it just for your haircut? And <laughs> I, and I, there was a debate in the barbershop about this because, you know, the I'm the most expensive one where I work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys up front are different. Yeah. So they're like, man, you know, you got to, you know, like like kid prices, man, you just, people just don't want to pay. And I, and I try and explain this to them that there are other barbershops that charge more than what you guys are charging. I was like, not everyone is charging this price. I'm like, and I had, I explained to the owner, cause I was talking to the owner about this. I was like, I'm not trying to cater to everyone. I was like, most businesses have to draw a line. There's a divide in every business. Most right. businesses cannot cater to every single customer. Walmart has yeah. its own niche. Whole Foods yeah. has its Target. own niche. Yeah. Target and Walmart got different customers. Yes. Like, like if Target tried to cater towards Whole Foods customers, it just won't work because they, they, just, they can't hold all that inventory of food and different selection. That's what Whole Foods is for. People go to Whole Foods, they'll pay that price, and they're looking to get a specific whatever. And I was trying to tell him this. I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, if they don't want to pay or if they don't want to come back, that's fine. That's what you're for. They can come to you. It's okay. Um, but the funny thing I always find with people that don't want to pay something, I'm like, most people have the money. It's just they either don't value you or they just don't want to pay that much for a servant. Maybe they'll try and find it somewhere cheaper. But I don't buy that most people don't have the money. I don't buy this. Right. I've been off of that for a long time. I used to be, I used to be one of those people that be concerned about, uh, you know, other people's income, you yeah. know, what they can afford. And then, I, and then one day I was telling a friend of mine, working with, he's a barber, I was saying, bro, I said, look at their feet. When they come in your shop, they like, man, come on, Jay, we, we on this side of the garden and east side of the garden, man, and it ain't got it like that. I said, bro, look at their feet when they come in your shop. Yeah. That's exactly. You know what I'm saying? They that's got them the latest and the greatest. That's exactly what the owner tries to tell me. He's like, man, you just can't, they, they ain't got it like that. I'm like, yes, they do, because broke people spend the most money out of anyone. Broke people, the people that say that they're broke, they spend the most money trying to look rich. They and spend it what priorities are. Yeah, and it's just all wrong. And uh, <laughs> it's it's oh my goodness, it's so funny because I'm like it, it it brings me back to what I I told you to remind me of earlier about the dumb customer. So let yeah. me let me segue to the dumb customer. And like you say, you have to work like and I say this too. You have to just worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about feeling bad for them and trying to be a philanthropist and worry about the world and all this stuff. It it comes down to like sheep and wolves. It's either going to be a sheep or a wolf. You know, you know, you see a fool, you play a fool. Not to say that we're like playing people, but I'm just really worried about my bottom dollar. Um now this customer, and this is exactly why I only worry about myself. So this customer, he follows me on Instagram. He's never got a haircut from me. So this, he hit me up. This was Saturday. He DM me on Instagram. And I would like to believe that my Instagram is pretty easy to 
to read. Like you look at the thing, it has a book button. You can book an appointment. So he's like, hey, I'm looking to get a haircut. Uh, you have any spots available? Which that kind of annoys me because I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's right there in the bio, man. Like if you look at all my pictures, I say link to the book is in the bio, but people always just, so it's like you can try and make it as easy for customers as you can, but they'll still just find another way to figure, go around and you'll just be like, you start just rethinking like how you operate. Like really, is this not as easy yeah. as, as I thought? So, and a, a lot of them, I get calls like that too. And when you try to send them to the website, to go, to go book themselves, go see what you got open for themselves. Yeah. They think you've been a butthole or something. You know, yeah. you're like, no, I don't have time to get off my customer, look at my schedule for you. I didn't ask you when's the best time for you. When you can just go on there and look and you'll see what's best time for yourself. Yeah. That's what I try and tell people. Like people would try and DM me on Instagram that who have booked appointments before. So it's not new to them. And I'll be like, Hey, da, da. and I just be like, dude, it would be much easier if you do it yourself, especially if I'm busy, because you're not going to get a reply back for hours. And then if you're unlucky, okay, let me ask you what's that? Do you, do you charge a different price for appointments at this point? No, but I will when I get busier. Okay. I know because I know a lot of people do. They charge more for appointments. Just right now, I don't. But I will soon. All right. Well, we, we, we charge $5 extra for appointments. And uh, I know some people that charge $10 extra for appointments. Yeah, I don't blame them. Hey, I don't blame you. Yeah. But that day so we, is coming. So we know to keep the price down. So but that's what we did. In order to keep the price down, we just decided we'd just charge five dollars extra for appointments. Mm-hmm. So, so it gets busy, and people say, "Well, I'm gonna go ahead and book my space." People start realizing it's easier for them, you know, to save their time and sitting in the barbershop, just go and get in at their allotted time. And I, I got another question for you. A while ago, you said you charge a fee. To uh, that's a good question that people. We've had that debate in my barbershop. Mm-hmm. The fee about. Uh, for them to use the card, for them to pay you with the card. Yeah, yeah. I charge a fee. It's just uh, I'll I'll explain that. Hold that thought. Let me let me finish this this. Oh, I was just thinking about this stupid customer. Okay. Yeah. Let me. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this is exactly why I really don't. I mean, I care about my customers, but this is why I'm I'm about the bottom dollar and getting mine first. So the guy like he DMs me. And I'm cutting hair when he DM me. And, th- and this is one thing that I do. I don't give my phone number to customers because I ha- that's what I have a website for. You don't need to call me. That's what the website's for. Yeah. We could talk. I know. I've been trying to find your phone number for the longest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, now you got it. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> like I don't give my phone number out to customers. And some of them, uh, they'll be like, why, why not? And I, t- I try and explain to them that that's what I have a website for. That's what I've spent hundreds of dollars on this website for. So you can go on their book. And when you come in, we could talk as much as you want. We don't have to talk on the phone. We'll talk as much as you want as long as you're in this chair. And another thing I also tell them is another reason why I don't give my phone number out is because when I'm cutting hair, I don't answer my phone when I'm cutting hair. 
I'm not checking right. notifications. I'm not looking on Instagram. Like, no, I don't even answer my phone because I, right. I, for, I mean, look, I don't think I charge too much for haircuts, but if you're going to pay that much for a haircut, you need to get my full attention. So right, right. I, I tell people this. So the guy, he did me, and by the time I, I DM'd him back, it's actually funny because I came out to the floor and I saw him in someone else's chair. And I was like, I looked at him, I'm like, and I just, you know, just said, hey. And I, I just thought to myself, I'm like, he looks really familiar. Like, I've seen him somewhere before. You know, you, you look at people like this. Yeah. And I go back to my phone and I look and I see the DM from him. And I, he was like, hey, uh, da, da, da. And so I'm actually replying to him. This is all before I actually knew that this was the same guy that DM me. So, like, I replied to his DM. And then I, I looked through his Instagram. I was like, oh, that's the guy that's right outside the door in the chair getting his haircut right now. So I walked back <laughs> out. I walked back out and I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize this was you. I was like, actually, I just DM'd you. I was like, let me explain the DM. I, I explained, you know, what he needs to do next time. But I was just thinking to myself, and I told the guys at the shop this, I'm like, dude, customers are so dumb sometimes. I'm like, customers, a lot of customers don't really care that that money matters to you. They just only care about getting their hair cut. This guy has never been to the shop. He knows what yeah. I look like because on my Instagram, you can see my face all over my Instagram. Yeah. So it's not like he can make the case that, oh, I don't know what the guy looks like. I just know this guy. Like, no, it, he knew he was coming there for me, but end up getting his hair cut by someone else. And I'm just like, this is what I say about customers. I'm like, this is why I worry about myself. I mean, it may sound uh, heartless, but I don't get it wrong. I do care about my customers, but at the same time, I have to worry about myself at the end of the day because it's business. Just like he okay. only. Ca- oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That brings us to this question. On, on your, you know, on your website, will you book for, will we book with you with appointment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they have to put a card on file and do you charge them for missed appointments or no shows? Another thing, I am not doing that yet, but soon it, it will happen soon. The, the time when I start charging fees for appointments, I'm going to actually start having people put cards on files and there'll be cancellation or no show fees. But right now, no, I don't. Because we're having a problem with that at my shop. A, a, a couple of the guys have theirs already set up where that's going to charge you anyway if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't cancel within a certain amount of time out uh, or no call, no show. Okay. And then, but some more of us, we don't have that feature. And we all complain about people not showing up for appointments and stuff. Like I got, but, but I've always, even before we started using the online booking, I've always had a sign up where we would charge people a $20 fee, but we have to wait till we see them next time to get the money in cash or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's tricky. Anyway, so uh, that sign is still up, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I got like two guys I'm waiting on to walk up in there right now. What service do you that. use? I need that. Uh, Acuity. Okay, I'm not sure. You heard of Acuity? Mm-mm. I've never heard of this one. A C A C U I T Y. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming does it have that feature in there or no? Yeah, they got they got it because one of the guys in the shop uh, he he has his own he has it activated. Oh, okay. where 
Oh, matter of fact, that brings me to this. So I come in the shop. I think it might have been Friday. And uh, I, I, I mean, Friday, Friday, Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. But um, there was a guy, he was sitting there. I came here by 8.25. I know I had 8.45 appointment. I'm going to come in. I'm going to eat my little breakfast, and then I'm going to get ready for my appointment. So the guy walked up to me like, hey, man, you got anybody? I'm like, well, I got an appointment at 8.45, man. Then let me see. I said, hold on, let me see. I said, okay. I said, but I can get you right after him. He's like, cool, cool. So boom. I did my 8.45 appointment, then I got that guy. So by that, by, by, right before I got through with that guy, one of my other barbers came in, you know, he walked over to his station and, you know, with the move. So when I got through cutting the guy, the guy got up and walked over to that barber and said something to him about appointment or something. Uh, I don't really know what he said. So, I, so he left. So about an hour and a half later, one of my barbers started talking to me, like the, the same barber, the other barber I came by. He said, Jay, what's that guy's name just left? I said, I don't know, you know, because he was sitting here when I came in. He had me cut his hair. He said, man, is his name such a, I don't know. So he was looking at his text and going back and looking at his, at his appointments and all that, because he, he's texting the guy now. The guy texted him and said, hey, man, you charged me twice, right? Hmm. So... He's like, man, what's going on here? So what had happened was that guy had made a 10 o'clock appointment with my other barber. Okay. Uh, he ended up getting in my chair. I don't know none of this. I don't know if this guy sitting in at 825 in the morning when I walked in, you know? Yeah. He asked me to cut his hair. So that's come to find out, he had already made a 10 o'clock appointment with the other barber. He decided to come in early, go and get his cut out the way. Okay, oh, wow. so what happened was when my barber's uh, sight, when he hit that button on him and, 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 and struck that bread, a boy got that text. So now he got a text saying that the money, because he paid me with a card. So the money that came out of his account from me and the money that came out of his account from my other barber, he looked like he got charged twice. And we, got, we used the same company. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he con- he contacted my barber like, "Hey man, you charged me twice." He's like, "No, I charged you once." So that's when they got down to what happened. He said, "Man, yeah, you got to pay your fee." Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, the, like, you were asking me about the credit card fees. What were you gonna ask me? Okay, so there's probably there's, my guy. There's been a debate around the industry, also in my shop, about whether to charge customers when they pay with a card. That man, that's a tricky one. I do. Um, if you, it's like this. It's it's almost like. It's like uh, if someone is not in the favor of charging a fee for a credit card, but then they're in the favor of charging a fee for appointments. That's as backwards. So if those guys yeah. actually charge fees for appointments, they shouldn't. They shouldn't say no, to this. Well, me, me personally, I don't think the two are associated. You know, I don't see, I don't see no link between the two. I, but I, I do believe in. That's me. I'm ass backwards. I do believe in charging appointments for appointments because you know I'm charging for that service. I don't because I don't see paying with a credit credit card. See, as 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 a because it's it's so common. It, it, it's it's so common now. You know, 
I see appointments being like priority shipping. You pay extra because you want it fast. You don't want to wait, right? Right. That's how I see charging people for appointments. But, you know, I don't I don't see paying with a credit card. You know, I see it as a common thing because it's almost nowhere you can go now. Most people don't really get discussed at the times we live in. See, we both over 40, so we don't see it that way. We used to pay cash for everything. But back when, you know, nowadays, people don't even carry cash. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I don't it's like It's like going to Walmart and, and they charge you extra dollar because you pay with your card. You're going to be looking funny then, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's one of those things where a lot of times where you see that the fee is usually a small business, right? Because I, but, I, and, and no, go that ahead. goes back to business. What we're talking about 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 knowing about business, right. you know. I don't think nothing's wrong with charging, but I just think it's a preference. I said because I see it as a as a business expense. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? The, the, the credit card fees, because you, I, I, you know, you can put that on there, write that off when you, when you, you as, a, as a business expense when you do your taxes. But I mean, you don't. Of course, that's another myth. You don't. People, you don't get the whole thing off. You only write off. You don't. You only get a portion of it as a write off. Right. You know. <laughs> but this is what I try to tell my barbers. It's psychology. The reason why I don't charge for the to use the credit card machine is. It's two reasons. Two reasons. And one of these things I learned from they listening to Dave Rams, but I, but I, after listening to him, I paid the close attention. I found it to be true in most cases. Okay. Well, let me get the first reason. Out the, the other reason out of the way first, because it's easy to get that out of the way. Because some people, where they think they just gonna take it out of your tip. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you really, so you really ain't gaining nothing. Okay. That's because that's how I would think. That's how I think. If you pay me, if you charge me to use pay my credit card, and I can use, I, I use my debit card everywhere I go, nobody else charge me, then I'm planning on tipping you five dollars. You just took that out of your tip because now I'm still gonna give you the same five dollars tip. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Some yeah. Psychologically, I can see how some people so basically, think like this. So basically, if you charge me uh, twenty five for a haircut, and I had planned on giving you uh, twenty five for a haircut, and you charge me. Um, another extra dollar for the pan on the cart. And I, I'll plan on giving you five dollar tip. So that was thirty dollars I was gonna give you. I'm still give you that same thirty because you just took your dollar out of your tip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that's how, that's how I look at that. And the other reason was I've I've been doing this to Dave Ramsey for a while. You know who Dave Ramsey is? Yeah, I've, I've heard of him. Okay, and he's a financial guy, and he was saying. Uh, they've done studies and psychologically people uh, statistically people spend more when they pay with plastic than they do when they pay cash and so he said because the cash they can see it and feel it leaving yeah yeah the card is just so easy that's why people get in credit card debt because they just don't see the the physical money they don't feel right. it right away they'll feel exactly. it late they'll feel it later <laughs> not right away right. so it's so Taking and keeping that in mind when I was making the decision whether to charge for when they use that card or not, I said, no, they're going to pay that anyway. They're going to pay the extra dollar anyway because they're paying for their card. They're either going to give you a bigger chip than they had planned on giving you, or or they're going to buy a product on the way out the door, or they're going to go ahead and have you cut their nephew's hair too because they were able to, because they were able to pay for their card. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I... 
I, I'm like, I got my sister something with me, man. You got time to get in there with you? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You might not have nothing to do next. You yeah, you're not going to get them because they, they can pay with their card. You see? Yeah. Because I, I remember before I took cards, uh, back when I was cash only, I've seen situations where I missed money because I didn't take cards. Yeah. 